Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. Once again, hello to not only our local family, but our entire online family. Happy Lord's Day to you. I hope you already feel blessed because we've been worshiping the Lord and I I hope that you have already felt the manifest presence of God in your home as we've been seeking his face to begin this service. And you know, we're gonna continue to worship God right now. We wanna take an offering. Every time we give the Lord an offering, it's a form of worship. And I hope that you would make it a very very, uh, sacred and spiritual moment in your life because we really believe that God is the one who provides for us, who takes care of us, who meets all of our needs. And so we stop and we acknowledge him in all of our ways and we acknowledge all of the ways that he actually cares for us. However you've eaten this week, however you've paid uh, the rent, we believe every good gift comes from above from the Father of heavenly lights. And so let's take a time to just bow our hearts and to thank him, to thank him for every meal, to thank him for every bill, for every need that was met. We wanna stop and say, Lord, we're so grateful for your provision. So come on, lift your hands right now. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. And God, we come before your mighty throne Lord, not just with verbal praise, not just with a a heart praise and heart worship, but God, we bring an offering to you. We recognize that it's small, Lord. You don't need anything from us, but Lord, you are pleased by our worship. And that's that's what we wanna do right now. We wanna please you. We want to declare that you are the one who takes care of us from start to finish, oh God. You're the one that meets all of our needs, oh God. You're what you, you provide, Lord, not just for our needs, but even give us, Lord, blessings and things so that we could enjoy, and we thank you. We thank you. Lord, we lift up any family. We lift up any person that finds themselves, Lord, in, in deep financial stress, And God, we thank you that your word says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer. And Lord, we join together with our brothers and sisters and we call upon your name right now and we ask that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing, pour down, oh God, a financial blessing that would bring deliverance. We trust you, we believe you to do it and we thank you. Lord, we love you so much and we're so grateful that you don't get tired of us depending on you and asking of you. So Lord, bless this offering, bless your people. We love you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now this week, brothers and sisters, as we open the word of God, 
has been quite a test for the people of God and the church of Jesus Christ at large. Our country, our city has been literally bombarded with chaos. Not only did we have the George Floyd tragedy in Minneapolis, but in our own city after the horrific shootings that took place on Memorial Day weekend, we've had dozens upon dozens even more in Chicago. In addition to that, please pray for one of the families of our church. Not too far from here, one of our, our, our boys, 16 years old, his family comes to church. He had not come to the church very often. He was in an alley and he was buying a, a, a vaping pen. I don't know what they call it. And he got into some sort of disagreement and scuffle and he was brutally murdered. He was stabbed right in the heart. And so please pray for that family. They've already done the funeral, but they need the comfort of God. In addition to that, we also had a family, uh, 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 someone who's connected to one of our families potentially commit suicide this week. In addition to that, even you, um, maybe just from, your, from, from the confines of your home, as you just had the news on, you've been bombarded by chaos. I've never seen such negativity. I've never seen uh, uh, so many tragic things. So it, it's been horrific to watch what's happening in our nation, in our city, in our country. And that makes this series that we're going through right now far more important than I even imagined. We've been going through this series titled, Are You Ready? And as I've been studying for this series, deliberately meant to strengthen you and to prepare you for these difficult days, I've come to realize that these questions and answers in each of these messages are really, uh, um, in, a form, in a sense, they are pillars of readiness. It's going to be a, a, a total of five sermons, and we are going to be addressing the five pillars of readiness. And so remember, the first pillar was the pillar of our thought life. You must have the mind of Christ as you process through these days. Are you on top of your thoughts was the question. Then second was the pillar of your worship life. With all of the chaos, we have to be able to cross over and enter into the throne room of grace. Last week, we talked about our prayer life. We need to get to God and lay our burdens at his feet. And then this week, we're going to be addressing, in a way, the pillar of kingdom conflict. Your homework today will be to read James uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And let's not call it homework. Let's call it grace work. Anybody want some grace from God? Well, I want you to read James chapter one, uh, chapter four, verses one through 10, because they really give context to the fact that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of darkness. There's the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of Satan, and it's one or the other, and brothers and sisters, there is no in between. And what I'm gonna do is read about 
uh, uh, read some of these verses so that we could walk away with great clarity. And we need to understand what kingdom we're operating by and what the kingdom of darkness is trying to do to all of our lives. Now, for the purpose of this message, I'm only going to read four verses. I will add one other from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. But I'm going to read for the purpose of understanding the first and the last. And then when we go to take communion, today is Communion Sunday, I'll read uh, the other two. So let's read James chapter 4, verses 7 and 10. We'll read the, the uh, uh, 8 and 9 at the end of the message. So here's what the Bible says. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. One more time. Verse seven. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And then I want to also add 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. This is very, very important as we, as we talk about today's message. Listen, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're not the weapons of the flesh. They're not the weapons of man. On the contrary, they have divine power, not human power, divine power to demolish strongholds. Part of what these verses are telling us is that victory is possible, brothers and sisters. However, our victory in God comes through direct conflict with the enemy. Let me say that one more time. Our victory in God comes through direct conflict with the enemy. If we're going to be victorious, we must be able to resist the enemy. There's no other way. There's no option to victory in Christ and in the things of God, in the spiritual realm. You cannot be victorious if you cannot resist the enemy. And therefore, the question for today's message is, can you resist the chaos? Can you resist the chaos? Brothers and sisters, Satan is the Lord of chaos and confusion. And if you've been watching the news, watching the chaos and the confusion, I'm telling you right now, the one behind it all is Satan himself. We must have that kind of clarity, and God wants to give us the grace to resist the chaos. Maybe this week you, you were overwhelmed by, by the bombardment, if we could, if we could call it that, uh, that. Maybe this week uh, uh, you were overtaken. We're going to take communion. We're going to get right with God today, and God is going to release his grace so that moving forward we can resist him we can resist the chaos. So I want to pray right now for the Lord to help us. I want to invite the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, when you hear the word of God, how you hear is vitally important to what you receive. And so we want to hear with humble, hungry hearts right now. Let me pray. Father, we thank you
for this day. And we thank you for your wonderful love. We thank you for your glorious power. And we thank you the promises that say that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We thank you for the instruction that tells us how we can resist the enemy so that he can flee. Lord, I ask that you would do something powerful today to make your people ready to stand in even the most difficult of times. So God, we call upon you together and we ask for your strength and your help and your grace. Use these words to feed and build your people. We trust you to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, um, before I start to unpack these verses, I need to mention that if you were not able to uh, tune into our prayer meeting this past week, please go and, and participate in the prayer meeting. I know that it's after the fact, but it doesn't matter. I believe if you pray along with us, even in that recorded, I believe God will, will uh, um, bind us together and make your prayers uh, effectual and powerful for the glory of God. But as your pastor, it is very, very important that you go and view this prayer meeting because we prayed for our country and we prayed for our city. We prayed for all of the hurt and the pain and the, the absolute madness that is, that is uh, 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 taking place all around us. I think it is very, very important that you would go and take in the truths. We gave a lot of Bible. All of the leaders were here to pray. You do not want to miss um, being part of that, of that service. So go ahead and take that in. Now, as we talk about resisting the enemy, who is the Lord of chaos, it reminds me of uh, someone that I recently talked to. In studying for this particular message, I was connected with a young man who's actually being trained to be a fighter pilot right now. He's been in planes. He's undergoing, uh, he, uh, for the Air Force, he's undergoing intense training, uh, in a sense, as we speak. And even though he hasn't been in a fighter plane, he has already been put in a plane and has begun. And here's what he started to, uh, here's what he described to me about his training, which is, I believe, is very germane to this moment. So what he told me is that they, uh, when they go to train, they put them, about 16 guys together, they put them under the most intense and uh, chaotic conditions. And it's hours upon hours throughout the day. 10 hours, 15 hours, and they're being bombarded by noise, by, by, uh, uh, by simulated bullets flying, by people yelling at them, people cursing at them. They're, they feel ex exhausted, and all throughout that time, they have people coming and questioning them, what is your mission and what are your protocols? 
No matter how tired they are, in the midst of the craziness, they will come and they will have to be able to answer, what is your mission and what are your protocols? A, B, C, D. What are the steps? What are you supposed to do right now? How are you supposed to be handling this moment? Brothers and sisters, I believe that this really relates to us, but let me just uh, share a little bit more. So in, in, in further study, we found out that pilots have to process so much, especially during wartime. It's possible that they could have three different people speaking on the radio at once. There can be 42 distinct beeps and buzzers uh, that could go off uh, in, the, in the cockpit, each indicating something different hundreds of knobs and dials to be mindful of. And all of this is while they're flying at the speed of sound. The body is exposed to eight times the force of gravity. It drains the blood from their heads and causing their toenails, someone once said, to feel as if they were about to pop off. Brothers and sisters, this is what Satan does to us. He bombards us and bombards us with, with incredible stimulus. He, 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 what he focuses on is sensory overload. It's sensory overload. All week long, sensory overload. Brothers and sisters, Satan knows your sensory triggers. Satan knows and understands. I believe he has a file on all of us. Everyone has different proclivities. Everyone has different bents. I believe that we, we battle against an enemy who studies us. He knows what triggers you. He knows where your limits are. But we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We can resist the enemy and he has to flee. That's what the Bible says. He tries to bombard us over and over like he's done this past week. Negative questions about the future. Feelings of rejection and anger. I know that brothers and sisters have had feelings of rejection and anger. He's trying to overload our entire nation so that we will be divided. It's the enemy of our soul. Sensory overload all over the news, social media, Facebook, Instagram, bombarding over and over and over again. And remember, I pulled out the phone at the start of this series. Some of us need to put that phone down for a while. If you, if you live in the sensory overload of the enemy, he's going to push you past your threshold. So we have to be very careful. He knows. Some people in the body of Christ, they become casualties of war. You know how many times over the years someone has left the church that, well, they don't like me or this person doesn't like me or now that's on steroids, you know? Now it's gone way beyond. Now, it, now the devil has people in the church believing they don't like me because I'm black or they don't like me because I'm white, or they don't like me because I'm brown, or whatever it is. He is a master liar. Do you know how many people have left the church, the body of Christ, because they felt like people were against them? Do you know how many times we've pleaded with people and said, hey, we love you, nobody's talking bad about you. But the enemy, if we listen to him, if we take in the sensory overload, he will defeat us. We can have the victory, but brothers and sisters, 
we have to resist the chaos. This is a very important, very powerful thing. Here's the other thing. One of the things that the enemy does is he condemns us. If you are living under condemnation, if you're living under self-criticism all the time, you think you're criticizing yourself, but it's not you. It's the devil whispering in your ear. You are sure, you are convinced that you don't feel good about yourself, but Satan is whispering in your ear saying, you're no good, God doesn't want you. We're taking communion today and he does want you and he invites you to the table to be cleansed and to be set free and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we have to resist the chaos and in the midst of the chaos, brothers and sisters, I believe what, uh, what applies to the fighter pilot applies to us. Listen, what's your mission? What is the mission of a Christian right here and right now? I declare to you it's higher than being a race. I declare to you it's higher than being a Republican or a Democrat. We must shine like stars right now. It's vitally important for all of us. And we can be strong. We can be consistent. We can be disciplined people. Help us, Jesus. So how, how do we get this victory over the enemy? Number one, victory comes, believe it or not, through submission. Victory comes through submission. Look at what the, what the Bible says here in, in, in James is submit yourselves then to God. We have to submit ourselves first to God, brothers and sisters, and here's what I would say. You cannot resist if you don't submit. It is impossible. It is impossible to resist the enemy of your soul if you don't get under the mighty hand of God. We have to submit to God first. We have to come under his authority and his power. You can't resist if you won't. And if you don't submit if you submit under his hand, the hand of God will be a shield. Look at what 1 Peter 5 says. This is so powerful. Here's another way of saying the same exact thing. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he, will lift you, that he may lift you up in due time. When you submit to God, his hand becomes your shield. Hallelujah. How many want the shield of the hand of God over your home and over your life right now? That's what we need, brothers and sisters. We need God's hand to shield us from the satanic chaos that's coming at us. But what the Bible is saying here is if we humble ourselves, his hand will be our shield. And let me put it to you this way. Humility is a weapon that Christians seldom use. You want to pull out a weapon? We need to pull out the weapon of humility right now. Because if we humble ourselves, we will be protected. To humble ourselves is to protect ourselves. And in a lot of cases, it means that we will also be protecting our loved ones. Head of household, if you humble yourself, you will be protecting your loved ones. This is the call to leadership. Look at what Ed Cole said. He said, the ability to resist temptation is directly proportionate to your submission to God. 
This is so powerful. So what does submission mean? And I know you love this topic, don't you? People always love messages about submission. But you know what? It's very necessary. This is very, very important. If you want to stand against the enemy, you have to know what submission means. So I want to walk, walk through this very quickly. So submission means essentially three things. First of all, it means we surrender to his authority. Right now, we need the authority of Jesus in our lives. Right now, we need the authority of Jesus over our lives. One of the ways that um, Andrew Murray described humility and submission is this. He said, submission or humility is the displacement of self by the enthronement of God. So you know what we need to do right now? We need to get self out and God in. Could somebody say amen? We need to get ourselves off the throne and our God, King Jesus, on the throne of our hearts. Please say amen to that because that's the way that you resist the enemy. If we'll just humble ourselves, he will help us. He is the reigning authority. Then secondly, the way uh, what, what, what submission means is that we lay aside, watch this, we lay aside pride and stubbornness. We need to lay aside pride and stubbornness. That's right. A lot of times we don't like hearing that, but brothers and sisters, please, if Jesus is trying to speak to you, don't be stubborn. Stubbornness will destroy you. Stubbornness will hurt you. Christians are meek and humble people. We have to, we have to be willing to say, I said, even if this bothers me, even if this, even if it pricks my pride, I lay down my pride. You want Jesus to stand up for you? You got to lay down your pride and your stubbornness. This goes for all of us. Lastly, we have to embrace his mission above all. We have to embrace the plan of God and the call of God upon our lives. There is no submission without a mission. So one of the questions I have for you is, do you know your mission? Do you have clarity? Knowing the, the call of God upon your life is essential to being a person who's privately healthy because when you know what God wants you to do, you also know what God doesn't want you to do. And so you got to get a hold of the will of God. you got to get a hold of the call of God. We are surrounded by young people here at our church, and, and every once in a while, I'll pull one of our 20-year-old uh, young men or young women, or 22 or 24, and I will say, please get a hold of the call of God. God has a plan for your life. God has a mission for your life. And brothers and sisters, no matter how old you are, he has a perfect plan for you and me. And you got to know what that is. You got to wake up in the morning knowing what God's will for your life is. Take the time to discover it because then you know what you need to bow your heart to. 
And as the pressures come and as the decisions, as the, as the chaos is swirling around you, you will know, I know God doesn't want me to do that. I know God doesn't want me to say that or post that because that doesn't fulfill God's plan for my life. And I'm here to live on this earth so that when he comes back, and I believe we are closer than ever before, brothers and sisters. We want to live so that when Jesus comes back, we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So look, this may not be the most, uh, uh, you know, shouting point, shouting message, but we should shout, yes, Lord, I'm ready to bow to you. I'm ready to submit myself to God. I guarantee you, if you submit to God, he will protect you. So that's the first thing. The way we resist him is first we have to submit to our Lord and Savior. But then secondly, here's how victory comes. Victory comes through resisting the enemy. Everyone says, everyone say, resist the devil. We have to resist the devil. It's not just gonna go away, brothers and sisters. It's not gonna be just easy. It's not gonna be easy. If you belong to Jesus, there is a target on your back. And you have to be able to resist the devil. You have to be able to push him back. Here's what resistance means. Resistance means to stand against or in opposition. This day, this week, you will be bombarded by demonic suggestions. You know what a demonic suggestion is? It is an unholy uh, a thought that comes into your being that says, hey, you should look at this this way. You should respond this way. You should do this this way. All my, my the, the years when my kids were little and now I pray this over my my grandkids, in the morning when I get up early, you know what I'm praying over my grandkids? And when I prayed over my kids, they were teenagers. I was like, in the name of Jesus, God, God, I resist every demonic suggestion over my children and now over my grandchildren. Silence the voice of the enemy. We have to resist him. Don't just take it sitting down. Don't just say this is the way the world is. That might be the way the world is, but that doesn't have to be the way your world is. We can be in peace. We can be in strength. We can, we can think on good things. We could be praising God and worshiping God. And we could even be in the peace of God. Regardless of how hot the fiery furnace is, go read Daniel and see the composure of those boys. Because they knew their mission. They were in submission and they were ready to stand graciously to resist. So resisting the devil is, is a very important thing. There is powerful grace available. When we submit to God, there's something released. Remember, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let's say that together. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When the humble get below the hand of God, then God gives them grace to resist Satan. That's the way it works. We'll have the ability, there will be power available for us to resist him. So can I just 
tell you this. You know what the name devil means? It means slanderer or accuser. It means to slander or to accuse if the musicians could come. All week long, you know what you're watching on the news? You're watching people slander and accuse one another. You're watching before your very eyes a nation divide. We've been divided. Why? Because people just slander and accuse one another. And one party slanders the other party and the other party slanders the other party. And back and forth, it's just accusation and slander. There's nothing really profitable about that kind of rhetoric, brothers and sisters. And don't listen to it when, the, when Satan's trying to put it in your house, in your ear, in your marriage, in your home. Don't let him in. I was thinking about the verse that says, this verse here that I read to you, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, it says in one translation. They're not of this world. They're not divine. I like the translation says, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It means they're not of the flesh, okay? but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I need to say this to you today. Don't let Satan get you in the flesh. Ask yourself, are you letting the enemy get you in the flesh by watching what's happening? This stuff is so grievous. It's so painful. It's so hurtful. But we can be in pain and still not get in the flesh. We could be mourning and still not get in the flesh. One of the things that I said uh, uh, to, to our church, to our brothers and sisters, is that we Christians, we rather suffer than to, than to act like the world and get in the flesh. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We won't fight like them. We won't become like them. In the name of Jesus, if you're in the flesh today, he wants you to get out of the flesh. If your heart is turned upside down with anger and bitterness, God wants to bring healing. I know that if there's ever been a time in, our, in, in the last 30 years, in our lifetime, this is a time when people could be angry and bitter but we belong to the Lord. And so we have to bring our hearts to him and say, we will not allow the slanderer to get us in the flesh. We're gonna keep shining for Jesus. Don't allow him. And then lastly, victory comes through repentance. I told you I was gonna read the first and the last and then at the end, the middle too. So look at what the Bible says here in James. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Brothers and sisters, if we draw near to the Lord, the Lord will draw near to us. But notice, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded means to have two hearts, one heart to serve God and one heart that gives into the flesh and to the world and all of these things. I know that this is not the happiest thing to be hearing today, but it's very important to our spiritual safety and strength. 
The Word of God is always good for us. This is important to your spiritual safety and strength. Please receive the Word of the Lord. So it says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded, grieve, mourn, and wail, change, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. And what that means, brothers and sisters, is that when we come to communion, part of the reason that we take communion is because even Christians can fall, even Christians can struggle, even Christians can get derailed. And so Jesus gives us the opportunity to come and say, Lord, I've, been, I've allowed hatred to get into my heart. Lord, I've allowed bitterness to get into my heart. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm blaming my spouse or I'm, I'm, I'm attacking this person or that person. Lord, I'm listening to what the world is doing and I'm jumping on their bandwagon. In the name of Jesus, I want to get off the, the world's bandwagon right now. You know, when the COVID crisis started, one of the um, brothers in our church was a man of God. He called me crying. And uh, he had had a, just a visitation from the Lord. He actually had read this passage. And he said to me, Pastor, think about what everyone is saying all over the globe, literally all over the globe. You know what everyone's saying? Everyone's saying, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Everyone's buying hand sanitizer. We've run out of hand sanitizer. And he said, and you know what? The Lord is speaking to the world and saying, you've got to wash not your physical hands, but your spiritual hands. It's time to repent. Brothers and sisters, hand sanitizer will not clean what we need cleaned. America needs the blood of Jesus to wash it clean. And you know when Jesus washes us, when we repent, when we say we have sinned against you, God. Part of what we're seeing right now is a nation who has said, we don't need God. We know how to make money. We know how to have this. We know how to. In God we trust went out the window a long time ago. And, and here's what's happened. When we go on our own, we destroy ourselves. You know what it's time to do? It's time for us to say, Jesus, we repent. Please cleanse us and come back and save us from ourselves. Save us from the wickedness, from the injustice, from the abuse. Save us from all of the unrighteousness. Heal us from our hurt and our pain. We come before you. And here's the last thing before we go to take communion. I believe that it is the church's responsibility to lead the way in repentance. We have to stand in the gap for this world. We have to, when you look at the news, pray God, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When you look at the news, we're praying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you wash the anger and the hurt and the pain? Wash it right out of Chicago, Lord. This is so much bigger. You realize there is no law that could be passed that could deal with this issue. This is a hard issue. 
The church has to begin by mourning and washing its hands. And so we're going to take communion today. My wife is going to come. The singers are going to come. And we want to repent. We want to repent for the slander. We want to repent for the anger. We want to repent for the criticism. We want to say, Lord, have mercy on America. We don't want to blame someone because they're not like us. The truth of the matter is, brothers and sisters, we are all alike. We are children made in the image of God. We are not different. I've heard people saying, we're different. We have to understand how different we are. We are not different. We are children made in the image of God. We are brothers and sisters. Just because somebody's skin is a little lighter or a little darker, that's ridiculous. You realize, if a car had hit that police officer and George Floyd, uh, Floyd at that moment, I hate to use such a, such a, in a sense, vulgar example, well, you realize, if they both go to the hospital, and it just so happens that the officer and George Floyd have the same blood type. George Floyd could have given him a transfusion and saved his life. You know why? Because we're not different, okay? We're the same. We need the Lord Jesus to wash our country and to wash our hearts. And what I'm praying for is that people would dial into churches online and that they would see and hear nothing but the love of God. That they would experience people's love being poured out for their hurt and their pain, but also that they would understand that Jesus died to wash away all of what man wants to use and what Satan wants to use to divide us. So help us today, Lord. Prepare your heart. And I'm telling you right now, you need to look at your heart. If you've allowed your heart this week to get ugly towards someone right now, let's, let's say, Jesus, I want to be like you. I repent. Cleanse me. If we repent, we will be healed and strengthened by the Most High God. Chrissy, could you come? The Bible says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want to ask every head of household now, whoever has put in charge of distributing the bread. I want you to distribute the bread to those who are in the room. I need to say very quickly, the Bible says that when we take communion, we should only take communion if we are servants of Christ. In other words, don't do outwardly 
what you haven't done inwardly. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do it right now. You can say, Jesus, come into my heart. You can say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin and come into my heart. Come on, say it right now. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Sit on the throne of my heart and be my Lord and my Savior and my Master. Anyone who invites Jesus in, Jesus lives inside of your heart by his Spirit and you become a child of God. And if you're doing that right now, as we get ready, as we pause, if you're doing that right now, as you pray that prayer, Jesus will come into your heart and you will belong to him. And then you can take communion because you are, are professing something outward that is absolutely true inward. When we take the bread, when we take the cup, we're taking in the body, the symbolic body and blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. My wife is going to pray for the broken body of Christ. You know why America could be healed? Because by his stripes we are healed. That's why Chicago can be healed. That's why marriages can be healed. That's why hearts can be healed. Because Jesus had his body broken so that we could be set free. Chrissy, would you Thank lead us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. We praise you. We magnify your name. Lord, it was because of your love that you took the road to Calvary, oh God. It was because of your love that you let them beat you, that you let them whip you. It was for our rebellion. It was for our sin, oh God. And your word said that when we looked away, Lord Jesus, and we turned our back on you, should I say, you looked the other way and you went anyway, oh God. We thank you so much because you didn't have to do it, God. Yes, you didn't Lord. have to take the beating upon your body, but yes, you Lord. did it for our sin, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we will praise you for the rest of our lives and love you and give you glory and give our lives to you, Jesus. Yes. We live for you because you gave your body for us. So today, Lord, we take this bread remembering what you suffered in your body so that we could be made whole. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant, meaning the new contract in my blood. Jesus wrote a new contract with his very own blood. He said, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And as we go to take this cup, we are celebrating the fact that when Jesus shed his blood, he shed that blood so that you and I could be cleansed from all of our sins. The blood of Jesus never loses its power. 
No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've felt, no matter what kind of resentment or whatever it is, no matter what secret, today, if you will give that secret to Jesus, He will wash you clean. He wants to wash us clean today. So let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the blood of your son. You were sinless when they crucified you. You were not guilty. And Lord, you were declared guilty so that we today would be declared not guilty. And God, we lift up, Lord, not just all of the brothers and sisters, not just all of our own hearts, God, and ask you, Lord, to forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for the ugly things in our hearts, Lord, even in the last week. But God, we ask, Lord, that in your mercy that you would pour your blood all over this world. Pour your blood, oh God, all over Chicago. God, let your blood, let your body heal, oh God, angry hearts, oh God. Remove the rage, oh God, and send peace. Cleanse. Release your people, God. But begin with us. Begin with your people. Help us to stand and glorify you. Thank you for the blood that gives us a fresh start. There is now no condemnation. No one is rejected by you. No one who receives your blood is rejected, oh God. And we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's take the juice together. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, right in your house. Stand to your feet and lift your hands. Could we thank him? Could we thank him for cleansing? We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God of revival. We thank you, Lord, that when we're cleansed, revival is possible, Lord Jesus. We believe in revival for our country, for the church, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Revival is possible because of what you did, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him together. Come awaken your people. Come awaken this city. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. Hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Oh God of revival, pour it out, 
church arise. Let the church arise, oh God. Use us as shining lights in a dark and depraved world, oh God. Lord, we pray that more people would come to Jesus in these days than ever before, oh God. Pour it out, oh God of revival. Thank you. Thank you that we can be victorious in Jesus. Victory belongs to us, O oh God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, O oh God. We thank you for victory over every Christian home in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for favor. We thank you for peace in every Christian home. We thank you for joy and hope and love in every home, O oh God. And let it spread through your people. Let it be poured out, Lord. Let it run, oh God, in every neighborhood. Thank you, God. Thank you. God, give your people an amazing week in you. We know that where sin does abound, grace does even more abound. And may your grace abound to us and through us like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen and amen hallelujah god bless you we love you so much have a wonderful week and we'll see you on tuesday love you guys